is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, it's Gunnar Sison back for another episode of Breathe In with my lovely co-host Leah and Tiffany. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? How are you? I am well. It is the final week of Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. It we are is. here for it. Yes, it is. And yeah. with that, summer is also here. We have Memorial Day coming up this weekend. Are you guys doing anything exciting for Memorial Day weekend? Um, I'm going um, to Bottle Rock, which is in Napa, and it's a big like festival, music festival, and Bruno Mars is headlining it the day I'm going so I'm super excited because I've never seen him and I felt like this was probably the cheapest way to see him and then Halsey is there too and some other people so I'm pretty excited it'll be fun man you're all about the concerts aren't you I am I love music music's like good therapy I think it definitely is good therapy but it it, is yeah I have an unpopular opinion for you Bruno Mars sucks he is horrendous (laughs) <laughs> I, like I feel like him. both of you are like on really extreme ends with just your musical tastes like Tiff yeah. is like all along but you're all the other and I'm just like in the middle <laughs> you know but like I like some of his stuff and he probably does like some of the stuff I like but yeah, yeah I like for sure. older stuff the newer stuff yeah, eh. yeah that's I how understand. I feel <laughs> t- t- I, under- I mean lately you're listening to like show tunes from like the 40s is, is that what, is that what you're into? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I have a very broad taste in music. Like I like a little bit of everything. But I did send Gunner a video of Taylor Swift singing um, "We're Never Ever Getting Back Together." Yeah. And I sent him that. I just because I knew he loved that Taylor, so I was like, "This is for you." <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. She did. Um, all right. So today's episode, we're gonna do a mailbag. We've done one before. <laughs> Where a bunch of our listeners ask questions, and then we'll just kind of rapid fire go through them. Uh, today's questions are kind of all over the place, um, but really, specifically speaking, we are going to go over a couple questions for Leah because Leah's got a number of questions about working in the healthcare industry uh, as as being a nurse on the front lines of the health world. Yes. So we will get to those uh, in a minute. But first, we're going to start out with this one. Uh, we'll start with a lighthearted one. Okay. 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 Uh, Can't wait. This this one is. How do you explain to a new boyfriend or girlfriend or a new person of interest mm-hmm. that you have some GI distress, whether that's <laughs> irregular bowel movements or irregular farting <laughs> habits? How do you approach that topic? Oh, well, I feel <laughs> like at least with my current boyfriend, it wasn't necessarily I approached the topic. It was... Oh, we're sitting there, I'm laughing really hard, and I just start farting. Um, <laughs> and then you kind of tackle that topic. Right. <laughs> I do uh, that. I, like, I laugh really hard, right and then now. I cough, and it's just like, oh, well, it's a lost yeah. cause. Oh, that, yeah. You fart when you cough? Or when you laugh? Yeah, I, I cough 
really oh. hard. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. It's, really hard. it's a pressure on your. It. It's a pressure on your. It's too much pressure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm the first to fart in the relationship. And like when you sneeze too, um, it can happen. <laughs> you fart when you sneeze? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. I have never really? done that. That's I have never done that either. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Well, I'm weird. <laughs> so um, that's how I ta- I tackle that topic. It yeah. just happens. Well, I think I think Jeff knew that CF was a digestive disease as well. So you know, when I need to go to the bathroom and I really need to go, he's just like go. You know, he understands. He understood. So I think just like explaining that it's a digestive issue as well. Yeah. <laughs> the mucus coming out <laughs> is stuff going on down in that region too. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's it just has to happen. I mean, because you can't. Yeah. You're not like a natural. Yeah, we're not like normal. Normal. We're not like the normals who can hold their no, parts. It just gotta. It just gotta come out. It's just gotta rip. <laughs> yeah, it actually has to like you just have to let it rip. And I think over time, it 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 at first it's funny, and then it becomes like a normal thing, and then it continues to be funny like it is right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I have we like both have days where we just start laughing at it, you know, like it's funny, but it becomes normal. Yeah, I had to say the the other day I tried to tweak something with my feeding tube formula overnight. And I I tried to add a little protein to it. I was like, I'm you know in the gym that, that kind of year. It's like time, you know it's. Uh, it's, it's, it's bulky season. Protein. Exactly. So I put some protein yeah. in the feeding tube formula, you know? Bad idea. And I woke up, like, in the middle of the night because I farted myself awake. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. That's, that's so funny. I, oh I woke up Lord. and I was like, what is that smell? <laughs> and, like, and, 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 and I can't even. Oh, my God. I, like, my body, like, declared chemical warfare on myself. I was like. Oh, my God. Never oh again. It was horrendous. Uh, and I was yeah, like, don't do that. I, I was like, maybe <laughs> a little too much protein there <laughs> for that GI track. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a little too much protein in the feeding tube. Um, <laughs> so I have since gone back to uh, to my to my normal feeds. Good um, idea. But, you know, I, I think our, our tip to our listener here is that it just is going to happen, you know, and there's, there's no hiding it. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a normal bodily function. I remember when I was like a little, you know, little kid in, in grade school, it was something you try to hide or whatever. But then as I got older, you just embrace it. And, you know, yeah, that's just that's, that's, that's just a, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's True. it's just a normal function. All right. Um, OK, so let me a little more serious now. Uh, how do you get over days when you're feeling guilty for being sick? Uh, basically not being able to get things done or you're missing out. And this one comes from the DMs on Instagram from at that girl with CF. So how do you guys get over days of feeling guilty or missing out? Uh, and what do you do to cope with that? This is a tough question because I do struggle with this. I struggle with um, this one too. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very natural to have days where you're just going to feel guilty I know I have them every so often and I just kind of like start apologizing to like all these people in my life. Like, sorry, I'm sorry. I can't breathe. I'm sorry. I can't do this. And like, I think just having them there and reminding me like, it's okay. Like, it's not your fault. It is what it is. You know, that kind of just helps me get through that. You Mm -hmm. know, just having other people in my life that just remind me that 
it's okay, it's okay to feel that way, but I don't need to feel that way. Um, and I shouldn't feel that way. I think that's kind of what gets me through that. You know, I agree. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think I agree. Cause when I was super sick, I couldn't do a lot. So having them be like, we'll do it when you have new lungs and you can breathe. We'll right. do this can always happen again. You know, we can do it on a better day or whatever. Right. Um, so I think that's really way to cope too. It's just mm-hmm. getting their feedback and saying it's okay. Yeah, I agree with you guys. You know, I I think it, it hits me most is when I can't do something work related. Uh, oddly enough, mm-hmm. I mean social world. I kind of like no. I would I say have that problem too. I, I wouldn't say that I expect my friends to always be, you know, willing to give you know in, in certain cases. Mm-hmm. But I think work is just a little different because it's a different kind of responsibility. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think back actually to uh, this this winter, and I had I had a speak engagement that I was supposed to do in in uh, in Tampa Bay for a for see a family day at, at the the hospital there, and mm-hmm. I ended up getting sick like the week before, and I was on IVs, and yeah. it just like you know I as it the day came closer, I was like uh, you know I'm just not getting better. Like my mm-hmm. my sort of plan mm-hmm. was you know to maybe feel better after a couple of days of IVs and then fly down with the IV, which I've done before and it's no problem. But as the yeah, days right. went on and I got closer and closer to the event, it just like came down to the point where I was like, I'm not going to be able to make this trip. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I felt horrible by not being able to, <coughs> to go and, and live up to my, to my promise and, and my work commitment. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the center ended up making it work. I just, I Skyped in like we're doing right now. I Skyped into the, to the CF family day and did it that way, but still it oh, was yeah, not the same good. thing. And, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. that's the kind of situation where I, you know, I think people would probably understand because it's the yeah. CF world. Uh, but still, right. as as a you know a working person who's someone who thinks of himself as someone who's healthy enough to <clears throat> to work and have all these responsibilities and be okay about it. Yeah, it was diffi- right. it was definitely difficult to to sort of come to the realization that okay, I have to take a step back and worry about me before I mm-hmm. can go down and, and and fulfill my commitment. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and I I think lately. I've had a lot of those struggles in terms of my work situation and just, you know, being a nurse is very, it's a very physical job. It's not, you know, sedentary like a lot of other jobs. So I'm on my feet and if I don't feel well, or if I'm going through a period of time where I need IVs or something like that, I try my best to always be there and be working. But some days you just got to step back and take care of yourself. Yeah, you know, and you feel guilty because it's like I have all these other people depending on me. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I'm not healthy and I'm not going to overcome this, then I'm not going to be able to be there for them majority of the yeah. time. So, yeah. and I think like as I've gotten older, I've gotten more open with my family and my boyfriend and my friends about you know feeling like that. So a lot of times yeah. when even if it's work related. I'll just start venting to one of them about just how guilty I feel. Yeah. And like, again, they really help pull me out of that because yeah. it can be, it can be like a vicious cycle of just kind of like yeah. dragging yourself down, you know, for something that really isn't in your control. Yeah, definitely. So, I, mean, I also run into this issue with coaching ice hockey because, you know, I'm on my feet every single day of the week, right. coaching hockey, working with kids. Yeah. And that's one of the things where like, I am directly responsible for, the entire program by virtue of being the head coach like it it's something mm-hmm. that i have accepted the responsibility that it is difficult sometimes when i'm not feeling well and in that mm-hmm. case it's nice to have like a support system available like i have my assistant coach right. who knows what i'm dealing with and is mm-hmm. willing to step in if i'm not feeling well 
Yeah, right. You know? And then That's the, all the, and the, the school is also able to support me in those days too. I mean, you know, I was an, okay. I'm an alum of the school, so they you know, know that I'm dealing with CF and they're able to work with me and stuff like that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there's definitely days when I'm not feeling well, where you know practice will come around, I have to be on my skates, and I have to be moving around. Where the mm-hmm. you know the the assistant coach will do all the leg work, and I'll kind of just stand there and oversee practice, where it's you know a little bit right. less leg work for me. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I think it's important to have mechanisms in place so that mm-hmm. you know you can fall back to like me. You know, I had to do the Skype presentation. I had you know, I have an assistant coach yeah. ice hockey. Right. You know, there, yeah, there's different fallback really nice. scenarios that I think yeah. you know, I've been able to work with. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, nice even when it comes even when it comes to nursing, I mean, I've kind of worked out situations where let's say I'm on IVs for a couple of weeks, and my first week, you know, I'm not able to be on my feet. I can at least be at work and put IVs in for other nurses and do a lot of the documenting and the things that aren't as physically taxing. Um, And I'm lucky that I do have other nurses that are understanding of what I'm going through and we kind of work out a routine that works for everyone. Um, So I think you just have to get creative, you know, when you are in those situations. And, and you need to, and you need to have coworkers that are willing to to be you able do. to be supportive, and you know not every right. place of work will have that. It's all about mm-hmm. finding a place of work that can support you both physically and you know financially, and and as far as your your career goes. Right, right. Um, all right. So you know what? Since we're on you know sort of your nursing uh, career right now, Leah, let's, let's talk about some of these questions that we've gotten that have asked okay. specifically about you working as a nurse in the healthcare field. Uh, obviously, it's a bit unique because you have CF, um, right. and it's you know it's. There, there are some concerns about your health in, in working in, in mm-hmm. nursing field. So the first question is, how do, how do you keep yourself healthy uh, in, 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 in the nursing world? So I think a lot of it comes down to selecting the right job. Um, I get a lot of questions about, you know, exposing myself to all of these germs and different infections, like, I don't know, different infections that CFers get. And to be honest, I chose a job that would not put me at risk. That was 100% my goal. You know, I can't be a nurse if I don't have my health. So if I didn't have CF, I would be working in some ICU with really sick babies or really sick kids. I think kids are just way too dirty. So I eliminated all pediatric jobs from my, um, when, when I went to apply for jobs. I just was yeah. saying, I'm working with adults. I'm eliminating that factor. Then it came to, okay. I can't do a rotating shift and I can't do 12 hour shifts. I've done them before. They don't work for my treatment, my treatment routine. They don't work for keeping myself healthy. So I needed constant day shift. I needed something that, you know, I could keep up with that routine and have the same routine every single day. So I only work about eight hours at a time. Lately, it's been about 10 hours, which is pushing it. <laughs> um, but as you cough. I think those are my two. <laughs> I know, right? I, I can't help it. Yeah. I have CF. Surprise. Right. Um, but I think, you know, selecting the right job and one that works for you and you're not putting yourself at risk. I work in an outpatient infusion clinic. Um, so I have, you know, relatively the same patients almost every single day. I, you know, we screen our patients, we make sure they don't have any active infections because most of the patients in there, they're also immunocompromised. So we can't have someone in there that has a cold or has the flu or has any type of infection that they could give to one of those other patients. So I'm not taking care of patients that have respiratory problems. I'm not taking care of CF patients. Our Mm -hmm. hospital doesn't even treat CF. So there is no risk of coming in contact with those kind of patients. I literally walk in the front door turn to the left and I'm in my clinic. Like I'm not trekking through the hospital, 
You know what I mean? So I think just those types of factors really eliminate, you know, exposing myself to a lot of germs. Mm -hmm. I'm also pretty anal about washing my hands. Like, anytime I take care of a patient, I literally, like, leave that little section and wash my hands, you know? So I clean everything when I come into work. I wipe down my computer. I wipe down the chair. I wipe down (coughs) the mouse. I wipe down the phones. I mean, I'm very, like, regimented in what I do. And it seems to be a good process, but... And it works for me, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you make a lot of good points there, especially about avoiding CF patients. That was really the next question, is how do you avoid CF patients? And it sounds like you just don't ever come in contact with them uh, by virtue of work. Um, That was one question I actually asked during my interview process, was since it was an infusion clinic, a lot of CF patients, we end up on IV antibiotics. So are we a clinic that treats CF patients? And the answer was flat out no. Yeah. our hospital system does not treat CF patients, so I would never be at risk. And if at any point we did cr- like cross that bridge and there happened to be a CF patient, I would be told right away, you know, this is the situation. And we would make sure that I either wasn't working the days that that patient was there or whatever. Because we don't want to put the patient at risk. We don't want to put me at risk. Yeah. So yeah. that was a discussion I had very early on. That sort of sounds like the safeguards we were talking about earlier. Right, exactly. So, I think... When I go to the infusion clinic, I'm the only CF patients they see. So, right. And they make sure that I know too when I'm there. So, I understand that for sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, definitely have to be yeah. I mean, you covered a lot of the stuff that we were going to talk about, but let's, you know, this is the last one, uh, really. Is do, do your patients and families get concerned when you're coughing? Like, do they think that you're sick or you're going to get them sick? Or, right. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, I, you know, I think about whenever I go and I'm involved in like a healthcare world, if someone's coughing, I'm like, Totally on alert for, out, for such a situation. Right? So how does that work the yeah. other way? So when it comes to the other way, I think when I first started as a nurse, it was an issue. A lot of the patients were like, oh, that sounds bad. Or, oh, I had that cold a couple weeks ago or something like right. that. And, like, I have had patients that will come in and, you know, I'll walk away and I'll go cough in a different area. I never cough, like, on a patient or when I'm really working with a patient, I always remove myself and I go do what I have to do and I wash my hands and I come back. Um, but I mean, I've heard over her patients be like, Oh my gosh, like she has the flu. I can't get the flu. Like, please remove me from this area. And you know, a lot of the nurses that I work with, they're like, I guarantee you she's not contagious. You know, like that's just her chronic cough. It's, it's, you're okay. You know what I mean? Um, but majority of the patients I do see on a regular basis, almost all of them know I have CF at this point. So mm-hmm. I think I'm lucky with the nursing that I do, that I do get to build relationships with these people. I do yeah. see the same people majority of the time. We're all, I'm very close to the majority of them. They know my life story. I know their life story. So at this point, they understand. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you feel like totally. you build a patient um, relationship with them? I have. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. You know, and I do think that having CF has given me a different perspective as a nurse. So I'm able to give better care and different Mm -hmm. care than majority of nurses would because I've went through a majority of the things that they've went through. Right. So I do think it's kind of like a mutual respect and understanding for one another. And Mm -hmm. I do really appreciate that relationship because they are really supportive of me Mm -hmm. as I am of them, you know? Yeah. You're more of an advocate, too, because... Yeah, I definitely advocate for them. Yeah, you do. <clears throat> Way more for than sure. I probably need to. Yeah. But I'm, like, protective of all of them. And right. You know? It's important. 
Yeah. Because that's... sometimes they don't know how to do that. Oh, and a lot of them don't have people in their lives to advocate for them, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people fail to realize that when you really genuinely do not feel well, you you don't always want to advocate for yourself, you know? So mm-hmm. if I can make their lives a little bit easier, that's what I try to do. Yeah. You know? And so when my bad days, they're all super understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, well, don't go get me that until, you know, you need to go get 50 other things around the corner. You know, they know <laughs> me doing laps is not probably the best situation yeah. that I am going to cough up a lot. But, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things that I've explained to them over time. And I think they have a right to know because, you know, <laughs> if I were in their shoes and I you had someone taking care of me that was coughing, yeah. I would want to know. You know, I would want to know I'm not mm-hmm. putting myself at risk. So... Yeah. Well, I always am like, I wish Leah was my nurse. <laughs> I wish I could be. <laughs> my, uh, the, the last question here is, um, why, why did you want to become a nurse? Like, why did you want to go into nursing? I think it really stems from just having CF. I mean, you know, we've been through so many situations in terms of the hospital. And a lot of those are good situations and a lot of those are bad situations. And I think I've learned a lot and I've had so many incredible people in, like that have been a part of my journey with CF that I kind of wanted to be that advocate and that shoulder to lean on for other people. So mm-hmm. that's why I think nursing really just felt like the right situation for me. You know, yeah. cool. I just knew I had to go about it a certain way. Well, you're, you're yeah. good at it. <laughs> Well, we had to take a word for it because I can put I've it in an IV and pretty much anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Um, all right. So <laughs> we're going to move on now to, the, to some of the other questions here. Um, so what what are some of the goals that you are most proud of achieving? You know, either going somewhere or doing something. You know, what what, what are you most proud of having done so far in your, in your lives? Well, graduating from college. Yeah, I think that's one. Um, yeah, becoming a nurse, that was another really big one. Then all of my overcoming my homopsis issues, that was huge, okay? And then I planned a trip to Hawaii within, like, three weeks of overcoming that. Because I was like, I'm taking advantage of this. going. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's far from Maryland. It's not like... Oh, it is. It's not like me. So that was really exciting. It's something I was very proud of. Mm -hmm. Those are probably my top ones. yeah. I think uh, definitely college transplant because that was <laughs> that, 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 that's a small little thing, right <laughs> you know, just a little yeah. bit. Um, I think being able to do stuff again, just in general, just mm-hmm. being able to not have to think about breathing and if I'm going to be able to make it down the hall or you know, going places, just, I think, just being able to do that, um, and I think going to Disney World again, and meeting Leah. Yes, that was, that was a huge one. Yeah, and I think, just being able to go there, yeah, (laughs) and, and Taylor Swift, when I hugged her, and, you know, life, but, and being able to sing and dance at her concert this past, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. I think that was a big, big thing in my life, too. So those yeah, things so are you dance through an entire concert anymore. I don't think yeah. I could honestly. Oh, I was on my feet the whole night. I was jumping. Oh. I was, I was having a blast. So I think those are big, big deals. You know, you They're know, all big uh, deals. Yeah. yeah that, those are all the, the things that we have a lot of pride in. For me, graduating college is probably the number one. 
uh, thing that I'm most proud of achieving. That you know, that was like so just like a goal you always have, um, and you know, to yeah. get the degree, it's finally like it comes to fruition, and you know, all of that. Um, another thing that I'm you know super proud of when I was in high school, when I was a junior, uh, I made the varsity football team. And my, you know, my, my coach before the, before the game was, you know, what are, what are your goals? And I said, you know, I just want to be able to compete like the rest of my friends. And a normal level, I want to be able to throw mm-hmm. a touchdown pass. And, and I, I did. Um, and that was a pretty cool moment. And, I, you know, I think more recently, uh, something that I'm, you know, really proud of is, is really just, I think, being able to, you know, get up, go to work, you know, have, mm-hmm. you know, have a life and, and, and do mm-hmm. You know everyday things like everyone else, and I think those are yeah. all sort. You know, definitely things that I'm super proud of. Um, you know, those are small achievements, but you know, I think we talk about here a lot setting you know small goals, short term goals, mm-hmm. and I think achieving short term goals are really just as important as achieving long term goals because you, go. you know you know you have to use your short term goals to end up getting to to you know things down the road, and I think those um, mm-hmm. those are things that people can often overlook, and you know I'm mm-hmm. certainly guilty of overlooking things in the short term yeah. um but you know i think when it comes down to really focusing on you know a handful of, of items and, and things in the short term that um you know getting up you know doing my treatments every day taking the pills yeah. i'm supposed to going to the clinic on time you know being where i'm supposed to be right. on time and, yeah. uh, and going to the gym four times a week you know th- those mm-hmm. are all things that are, are like short-term goals for me and whenever i you know achieve them I feel good about myself, and whenever I don't yeah. achieve, you know, whenever I don't achieve them, I, you know, I, I use it as motivation to, to be better next time. For sure. But I think the short-term goals, honestly, sometimes are even more important than the long-term because mm-hmm. if you don't meet those short-term goals of, you know, waking up, doing your treatments, going to the gym, you're not gonna be able to do the long-term ones. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> so sometimes like the little tiny goals are really big the big goals, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think um, birthdays are a big deal too. Just oh yeah, I made a big deal of everyone's birthday. I th- well, I just think I birthdays just are an accomplishment. Like they are, especially with being a CF patient. You know, we have that life expectancy <laughs> or whatever you want to say. Speaking of birthdays, uh, you just had rap. one yourself. What? You just had one yourself. A I birthday. did. I turned twenty nine. Wow. Guys, lady. <clears throat> I actually got her cane. Old lady. <laughs> you are re- you are really in your late twenties now. Like, there, really there's no am. denying that you are in your yeah. late 20s. The, the last uh, year of my 20s, got to make them big. Yes. I got to make it big, you know? And then it's dirty 30. Yeah. Oh, yes, boy. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that one cancels out. All right, next one. Um, this one comes from a child life specialist uh, at Stories of Tori. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, child life specialist, she actually has a chronic illness herself. So she asks, um, "Do you have any sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, horrible memories or flashbacks whenever you're in the hospital that remind you of certain instances?" She talks about have, uh, dealing with PTSD. You know, are there any mm-hmm. um, are there any moments when you're when you're in the hospital and you're you know all of a sudden exposed to something and it just brings you right back to a time when you had a horrible experience? Um, and how, how do you deal with that? Or, and what are those experiences in the hospital or in the medical world that really give you a, or a hard time? Um, okay. So I actually experienced something like this the first time when I was in nursing school. So in nursing school, you could really shadow any type of provider that you wanted to, whether it was a nurse or a doctor or a surgeon. 
Um, so at one point I had the opportunity to go watch a couple surgeries and one of them was like minor. It was just watching a port get placed. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool because, you know, I have one. I've never really seen them put one in. And I remember I went in and I watched them put this into this person and I almost passed out. I started hyperventilating. I started sweating. I was like, why am I doing this? And then I realized it's because I've been through it. So, you know, yeah. we've talked about in the past that mm-hmm. I can't deal with mucus. Okay. So yeah, like, yeah, that's hilarious. If, if, I, if I was a nurse that worked with like trach patients or yeah, patients yeah. that had respiratory problems and they're coughing up mucus, nope, I'd be no good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just because I deal with it on a daily basis. It's, so it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I just try to avoid those situations yeah, at I, this point. I you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I but think, I mean, I know sometimes they're not avoidable. Yeah. So I think, well, if I go to the same area that I had my transplant in, I get mm-hmm. kind of anxiety ridden yeah because of what happened like all that that was a quite a process and um I you know three months later I had to go back there because of that pneumothorax so that was that gave me PTSD again but um I think when I saw my lungs and got to hold them I don't know what it was it was pretty it was a great experience to just like see them and see the disease process and all that stuff. I would have cried. You know, I'm a science like, major over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I started getting really hot and sweaty and just hot and bothered. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to like step back and just kind of take a minute and breathe. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I can breathe now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these aren't in me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I thought I had low blood sugar or something because, you know, after transplant, I That's started getting diabetes. That's what I thought, diabetes. too, when I started getting like this. Yeah, so I, like, was, I told Jeff, I was like, I think I'm having low blood sugar. Oh, my gosh. He's like, you would know if you had low blood sugar, Tiffany. You're just getting a little anxious right now. But when I saw them, I think just thinking about, oh, my gosh, those were in me. You know, just going through that. Yeah, I I would freak just out. Just get this whole, like, anxiety, like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, this is crazy, you know? That makes sense. You know, I um, I definitely have a bunch of anxieties when I go to either clinic or, you know, outpatient procedures or whatever. Uh, yeah, I just had a, I had a horribly traumatic experience the first time I ever um, I had a pick line put in. It was just, you know, it was just a horrendous mm-hmm. experience. It was just, you know, it was the, the wrong people on the staff were there to, you mm-hmm. know, to, to, they didn't do a great job of, you know, easing my anxieties as well as my parents' anxieties. Yeah. And it's the whole thing was a little mm-hmm. bit of a disaster where I was like six or seven years old. And yeah. ever since then, I, you know, I cannot look at a, a syringe or a needle or anything. I just can't even look at it. Like, I mean, I have no problem working with them myself when I'm doing, you know, when I'm mixing medications or whatever. But yeah, if I know yeah. that the syringe is going to go into me in some, some way, some shape or form, yeah. I mm-hmm. can't even look at it or I can't even like, watch it happen like whenever i get the flu shot or whatever is I it like away like it's all like blood draws all of it too? yeah yeah i can't i can't like oh, i mean wow. i had no like when i when i was younger i used to just, like cry and scream and i would i did this for mm-hmm. you know you know part of my you know most of my you know my early teen years too you know by the time i think i was 14 or 15 i sort of started to get over it a little bit mm-hmm. um but i i you know ever since that i had a like, just a horribly traumatic experience with 
uh, the first time I ever put a pick line in. And, yeah. you know, whenever we would go get the flu shot, it would just ruin my day. It like, scars I, you. It was just horrendous. Yeah. And, you know, now I get I, that. Now when I get pick lines, it's really, you know, not a big deal. I mean, I still, you know, my heart rate's probably a little higher than it should be. Um, yeah, right. And I and I do actually take medications before procedures like that just to, to calm me down. But um, I think I'd have to. It's like it's it it, it, it was such a horrible experience that it kind of sat with me forever. And I think you know the way I've come to deal with it is um, the exposure therapy. You know, you continue to put yourself mm-hmm. through it. Um, you yeah. know, I mm-hmm. voluntarily you know jump into trials whenever I can. And by virtue of being in trials, you're doing blood draws and stuff like that all the time. And I you know I realize right. it's a very small thing compared to your you know, going through transplant, holding your lungs or something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I literally freaked out <laughs> watching a port get put in another yeah, person. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> you know, so I mean, you know, it's I realize you know it's a pretty small thing. It's able something I've been able to overcome by virtue yeah. of just having to do it over and over and over again. I, um, but you know, I like, I still can't look. It's and a I real can't, feeling. You know, I can't like be involved, and it doesn't. I know that it doesn't hurt. It's just you know yeah, whatever uh, is in me that I just can't it. deal with it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I have similar issues when it comes to the pick line because, I mean, the first time I got one put in, it was traumatic. And then, you know, my next couple, it was still a traumatic process. And it got to the point where I just had to be put to sleep to get them put in because my body would just not do it. I had to be You know, my veins would clamp and I would just be miserable. And um, that was a large reason why I ended up getting the port because, I mean, it was just such a traumatic experience every single time. Yeah, that's... Exactly. No, and now I'm to the point where when it comes to patients, I have a lot of patients with picks and I can deal with their picks. I can do their dressing changes. I'm cool with it. Yeah. One thing I can't do, I can't pull a pick out. Yeah. I, I feel oh, sick. Really? I get sweaty. I, I freak love out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I like, for, like when it goes in, I have an issue, but when like, I can watch it come uh, out. Like, that's no problem at all. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I think it's a pretty cool feeling when it comes out. I think oh, it's cool. So gross. I hated <laughs> how yeah. it felt. I think Ugh. it's pretty cool. You should, um, cool. chest tubes. Oh. Taking those out. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, even. Just let's not even talk about it. <laughs> we're, we're, done. We're, done. we're done with this topic. <laughs> uh, we're moving on to the next one here. Um, okay, so this one uh, comes from Facebook. Uh, CF is thought of as a negative light a lot, but do you have any good memories surrounding CF? Does anything good um, come from it? Um, yes. Leah, I'm you. All of you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. I feel like as I've made the perspective I have on life, yeah, for sure. just those types of things, I'm so grateful for. And, and then I think that it is you to see it. Yeah, eating whatever you want. <laughs> eating whatever you want. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> That I think a, that's t- a plus. Tiffany's story when she got accidentally high last week. I mean that was that one's yeah, an, a, that's, that, that one that one all of a sudden cracked the top five for me. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard that, look at listen to the previous podcast. Yeah, that was a experience. I accidentally got high. No, you know, I think I think there is some good in see if I think it gives me a better outlook in life. Yes, yeah, I think it definitely. Take know, a shows, breath for granted. It shows you the value of life and, and all that stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do also think that, um, you know, when you when you achieve a goal like in in your health, right, and you yeah. and you sort of you know you've set a you know we've talked about goals earlier, but when you, when you set a goal for your personal health and then you're mm-hmm. able to achieve that one day, you know that's I think that's a pretty, pretty good feeling, or a good part of that. You know, I would say it's a great oh, part of having it, but it's a it's a nice memory to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, I. You don't take a breath for granted. 
That's for you sure. You don't. And I think that, like, CF definitely gives us a lot of drive and determination that I don't know if I would have if I didn't have it. You know what exactly. I mean? And that just yeah. comes to any aspect of my life. That's not just when it comes to CF, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's definitely good that comes from there it. Is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, uh, we have a few more here. Uh, we have a question that asked about sexual health and sexual reproduction. Uh, to look forward to that, we actually have an episode coming up where we're going to be interviewing yeah. someone who is going through IVF, the IVF process mm-hmm. with CF. He and his wife are going through IVF, so look out for that episode in the future. Um, uh, another question that comes from Instagram from uh, at... A, I, I don't even know how to say this person's name, so we're just going to... We're just not. <laughs> it, 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 it came from Instagram. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think of people who constantly complain? Mm. I have oh, a yeah. With it. Yeah. I, I think... <laughs> I, I think... I think the way that I've approached this question has changed yeah. over time. Um, okay. Okay. I think on some... On some level, we, we, we're, we're okay to be judgmental. Um, yeah. You know, I think. Yeah. I think when I come across a you know a smoker or something like that, like I am fully entitled to be judgmental of that person. Um, yeah. And I, I have agree. no yeah. problem being judgmental mm-hmm. in that case. Uh, no. But I, yeah. but I but I think to an extent people have the right to complain. Mm-hmm. Um, to an extent, know, I do too. Yeah. I, know, I think. I think, I, some, I think I th- to some extent it's healthy. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? okay. Like you shouldn't hold every single thing in. But yeah. I think but, you hit a point where you complain and complain and complain, and, and then it, it just consumes you. Exactly, and that's all you think about. Yeah. Is, Today I don't feel like that. I don't feel good. Tomorrow I feel horrible again. You know, they just keep on complaining about certain things. And if maybe you put your energy into something else other than complaining, maybe you could. Have the energy get to do the to, things you, you want know, to do. Go get, yeah, go get some energy to do a little bit more something, you know? <laughs> a little more productive. Just, no, I, I see I what know. you're saying. You know, I think, yeah. you know, I think there are certain, uh, you know, certain people, you know, even in the CF community that, you know, they, you know, they, their, their lives are just wrapped up in negativity and, you know, they, you know, they may complain about a number of things and, I I think it's important to, to first recognize, you know, where is that coming from? Is it really coming mm-hmm. from their CF? Is it coming from something else yeah. in their life? Right. You know, mm-hmm. is you know what what is the root cause of the, ne- the negativity in someone's life? And I think mm-hmm. you know being able to address that specific thing goes a long way. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mm-hmm. believe me, I I've I, there there have been plenty of days when I've you know felt poorly or I've felt. You know, I you know, I don't want to say cheated or you know you know feel like I have like a bad like you know I I guess you know a bad set of hands to deal with, but you know a bad yeah. deck of cards to deal with. But you know I think you know there are definitely days where I'm you know you know th- this sucks you know yeah, uh, and, yeah. I, and I think it's okay yeah, to have one of those this week. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just had a meltdown and I was like this sucks you know I'm mad. Yeah. You know, and I think, and I think it's healthy. healthy. It's healthy to feel happens. that way. Yeah. yeah. But then you, but then you then address you the, to... the issue, right? You address exactly. the issue and, exactly. you, and, you, and, you, and you resolve it. And then you resolve it. You, and you, do what you, gotta it. Do, you yeah. move on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You do your right. therapies. You do what you're supposed to do. And you get through it. 
you know, I think it's and, a, I think it's important to you know not make sure that doesn't snowball. Like you don't want to like one yeah. issue to turn into a thousand issues. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's negative. Yeah, I think it's take you down a bad path. Not letting it consume you. You know what I mean. Exactly. Do it a little bit just to, for the healthy like mm-hmm. venting, getting it out there because it's not good to hold everything in. But don't constantly do complaining is really just going to drag you down and make you feel worse. Every That's just day my of opinion. complaining is not healthy. Exactly. And then no. when I when I come across people who who are chronic complainers or people who mm-hmm. aren't able to address you know their you know that you know whatever issue they may be dealing with. You know, I I will say, you know, I do spend a little bit of energy trying to help them get through it or seeing if they can you know, come around and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, I have to be concerned about my own personal well-being. Mm-hmm. And, is, mm-hmm. you know, is that person going to be dragging me down, you know? Exactly. You know, a certain exactly. Point. And I think it's one of those things where you reach out, you try to help the person. But if it just continues, that's one of those situations where you might have to remove yourself from that person's life because mm-hmm. it's just not healthy for you. They, exactly. they feel bad for no. themselves and it keeps on going. You try to help, but they just revert mm-hmm. back. It's not healthy right, for right. you. You're doing what exactly. you can and then you just have to back off mm-hmm. because it's yeah. not going to help. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so now we're going to move on to our final question here, the mailbag <laughs> episode. Uh, this one is, what is one thing your parents did that gave you confidence when you were little, and this one comes from Christina Hanji. Oh, so one thing, one they thing did that so much. Thing, I think, but what is one thing that sticks out that they did that gave you a lot of confidence? I think them being um, supportive of my, all my sports and putting me into sports and being there at the games and just cheering me on, just like a so-called normal person you know mm-hmm. uh, being able to do all the sports and just being like you did such a great job yeah even though even if you lost you know you mm-hmm. still did a great job because you were out there and you know you did all this stuff and right. you yeah I think that that's something that was big in my life they were always there yeah. support I would agree with you on that one I think that just having my parents like Treat me as a completely normal person. Yeah, you know what I mean? Everything. Not really single me out being like, oh, you have CF, so you, you know, shouldn't be in school. Yeah. You shouldn't touch this. You shouldn't mm-hmm. do this. You should sterilize yourself with Purell afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, they like, let you be a kid. You no, know, you should be a kid. You yeah. should do what all the other kids do. But mm-hmm. we made treatment time and medications yeah. and all that more of a family time so yeah they always they normalized it. They're always there for me you know what I mean and I think yeah. that ended up giving me confidence because it was like okay I'm just like everyone else but I have to do these things and it but gave me the did. drive the rest of my life to continue to do them every single day yeah you know and what everybody I mean? was around you for those treatment times so it's normalized and right. everything so right Definitely. right and I think like from an early age, my parents were like, you know, you can achieve anything anyone else yeah. does, but you have to do it differently when it comes to certain things. And I think I have held on to that my entire life. And mm-hmm. the older I get, the more I realize that they're 100% right. You know, yeah, you really just modified a little bit. Limit yourself because of CF. I do think there are certain situations that aren't good <laughs> for you to do because yeah. of CF. But <laughs> those are exactly. numbered. They aren't everything. You know what I yeah. mean? I so, agree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something I've held on to most of my life, and the older I get, the more and more I agree with it. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think what you guys are saying is probably what I'm about to say, but you know, I, I, I you know, I think, 
I, I think, like you said, Leah, treatment time was a family time or a social time. And that gave me confidence in doing treatments, and it made me feel like I was everyone else, and I wasn't missing out on things. Um, yeah, but also exactly. Felt, you know, my parents made, you know, my sister and I feel like we were both important people. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know we were important in their, in, you know, their, their eyes. And that mm-hmm. was what I think gave us confidence to move through. Like, you know, you know, Sydney was empowered to do, you know, you know, she was empowered to, you know, play sports, and she was, you know, she was a little artist for a little period of time. And, you know, my parents always made sure that she had the ability to do that. Whereas my, you know, for me, my parents always gave me space to do whatever I wanted to do. You know, I always played hockey. Mm-hmm. I did all these things. And it was never really about, you know, being the best player on the team. It was always about being the most hardworking kid on the team. And I think that's, yeah. you know, I think, like, having that, skill instilled in me from my, my parents and that, you know, that drive is what really has led me to be, um, you know, to, to have a great relationship with my parents today and, and, you know, and all that. Um, this is a good question. Yeah. And I think ultimately what, you know, what we really are trying to say here is, you know, you want to make sure that your kids don't feel like they're alone in fighting CF. Like you, you want to make sure yeah, that they exactly. feel like they have it's, a team behind it's them. It's like a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I team. think even as you get older, you know, it's always going to be a team effort. It's not just going to solely be you, you know, but your team is going to change over time. Yeah. Yeah. You it know? takes a village. It does. Do it all. Totally. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it takes a big village. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for so many questions for today's mailbag episode. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Um, we'll get, this is our, I think this is our, yeah, it's our last podcast of CF Awareness Month. Um, yep. So congrats to everyone for being a part of it. Um, yeah. Actually, is next, we love all is, the questions. Is, is, is next Thursday also CF Awareness Month? Yeah, I guess oh, it is. I think so. Actually, right? I think so. Oh well, yeah. yeah so it's we're not we're fun. not done yet. We're, we're not, not done. done. We're, we're back for another week. We have <laughs> we have another CF Awareness podcast coming up uh, <laughs> next week. Apparently, clearly but, we have it planned. <laughs> we would be. Uh, we apologize for that. Um, but anyways, um, so I guess it really is we're in the last week of because it's the last seven day period. So yeah, right, right. yeah, we're uh, wrapping well, it up. Welcome to the spin zone. Um, <laughs> so uh, just a few things to keep note of here. We have a new item, a new breathe-in item. We have the summer tank top. It'll be ava- it'll be available in the Salty Sisters Etsy store within the next few days. So keep an yeah. eye out for that. It's summertime. It's now time to let the gun show happen. Guns out, guns out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, may, it may be a $15 shirt, but it's a small price to pay for the gun show. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you got to let people, <laughs> give the people what they want, yes, you know? Yes. Beach season, <laughs> beach season is here and let those arms be sun-kissed. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. That's about, that's, that's it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap this up here. Uh all right, so they're the Salty Sisters on Gunnar Sison. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook as well. The, uh, they are Salty Sisters at gmail.com. I'm Gunnar's blog at Assassin.org. Tiffany, what is the podcast Instagram? At breathe underscore in underscore pod. Yes, hit us up on Instagram. Go down in the DMs. So next time we have a mailbag episode, your question will be featured. Um, I'm Gunnar Sison. That's Leah. Tiffany, have a great Memorial Day weekend, everyone. Yeah, bye. Bye.